she produced content first and then utilized that content to expand her reach. And then eventually when her products and services came out, you know, money just followed, income just followed by providing value first. You figure out things through sharing that content of what you're meant to do. And you start to carve out your own niche from there. Welcome to Top of Mind. A show where we speak with top marketers, creators, and leaders who are shaping the culture around us. I'm Stuart Hillhouse, and I believe that through great marketing, you can earn the privilege of occupying a tiny sliver of your customer's already overflowing brain. Join me today as we learn what it takes to become top of mind. If you publish things online, either for yourself or for a business, then you know the feeling of sitting down in front of your computer and having to stare at a blank screen to try and compose a brand new post. You need to figure out what it's about. You need to think about how long you want it. You need to think about what message you want to get across. It's a really daunting task. But as my guest today is going to explain, there's a better way to publish content. In fact, you probably already have this content locked away somewhere. You're just not using it to the fullest of its ability yet. My guest today is a best-selling author, public speaker, and digital marketer. Her mission is to help 500 purpose-led businesses over the next five years to grow their impact using content. She's the founder of Repurpose Den. Joining me live today, I've got Amber Khan. Thanks a lot for joining me, Amber. Uh, thank you, Stuart, for having me. It's my pleasure. I don't know about you, but like that, before I even knew about the idea of repurposing, when I was fresh in the game of trying to get a daily thought out onto social media or blog or whatever content looks like, and my content has certainly changed over the years, but it is a daunting task. You might have these flashes of inspiration and it comes really easy and you're able to get two or three social media days in a row, blast it out and you feel great. And then other days, even when you're on a roll, you're like, oh man, what am I going to talk about today? You can get in your head really quickly. And so I was wondering how you came to be in the content space. And then we can dive into how you actually think about it. Yeah, sure. So basically, I, I have to <laughs> admit that I started, or, or let's say, uh, this made a sense to me a lot later in my business journey than I probably did for others. So I was a late starter as well. Uh, I, I mean, I was, I've been in business for a while, but um, not using the content to promote, I guess, or uh, my business, or to basically provide value to others through content. I, it didn't, um, it didn't occur to me, or, or I guess I didn't look too much into it. I was trying the more traditional marketing ways to sort of put my name out there, or my brand out there, or uh, or or any sort of value that I could add to other businesses. And it's only much later when you start to, I guess, you know, observe what other marketers are doing. Famous example example of being Gary Vee, but you know, everybody knows, you know, what, you know, Gary Vee is everywhere, what he does, but they also know that, my God, he's probably got a lot of people on his team doing that. That's why he's able to do it. But then we also know, you know, people who are thought leaders, they know that they, their content has to be out there to benefit someone. We, in media, we know so many personalities doing that, Oprah, 
in a in business. We know Marie Forleo does does that very well. She is a great example for millennial entrepreneurs. How, you know that she produced content first and then utilized that content to expand her reach. And then eventually, when her products and services came out, you know money just followed, income just followed by providing value first. So, I mean, the, the signs have been out there, but I guess it's, it's you know, it's up to us. I, I you know, I'm a little thick in the head. So it, it made sense to me much later on in this stage that I was missing out on something that I'm sitting on so much content and that I, I should be using it rather than it sitting it in my Dropbox. I should be uh, using it to benefit others and see where that takes me. So that's how I sort of my journey into content repurposing started. And I think content is kind of a weird word to be using. I think of them as ideas, right? Like you and I have thousands of ideas a day. Everyone who's listening to this has thousands of ideas a day. Sometimes you write them down. Sometimes they escape you. But your unique life and, and the story that got you to where you are currently is unique to you and only you. Oh, so yes. you can have... a. If you say we're like this podcast, we're talking about marketing. There are hundreds of thousands of people before me who have put out marketing ideas, but that's not a big deal to me because my unique angle on it allows it to be unique and attract the people I want to attract. How do you think? How what's your definition to content? Let's let's start there. I think for me, it's it's what Dennis Yu talks about. You know, is that we in, in anything that we do or we want to do or we're, or we're trying to do, we should always talk about why we're doing it first. You know, what do we stand for in life? A mission, because that's what attracts a certain kind of group of people. It's not going to attract everybody, but that's the whole point, right? right. You, not everybody is your customer, is, your, your, is going to be a fan of yours, is going to be in your tribe. So the whole idea is that when you share your philosophy, your beliefs, your values, your mission, you start to attra uh, attract a certain group of people who then become your followers, your fans, your your eventually your customers. So I, I always, uh, and that's what I personally do, and I and I, I and I share it with others as well. It's, you know, it's not my strategy, but this is what you know Simon Sinek in his book talks about as well. Start with why that that's how we the content should start. Uh, that's what it should start with. You start with why content, and then of course you want to share whatever ideas, knowledge, experiences you have, or even if if you personally don't have, like what you're doing, like a podcast or interviews is another great way. You know, you 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 collaborate, and everybody shares their uh, own, uh, own experiences, which of course is valuable to the listener, whoever is in your tribe. So, I mean, starting off. That's how I would, if I was to, in fact, start my business today, this is what I would do. Start sharing the, you know, the, the reasons why I'm doing this, then anything that, that I know could help another share that kind of content. And of course, then eventually you talk about, and you'll also learn from experience, what are people asking for? Maybe they'll ask for, you know, you, you do podcasting a lot. Maybe eventually people will ask, Stuart, you're so good at it. Can you teach me how to podcast? You know, how, how is it, you know, how do you interview people? How do you get guests? All sort of, and then you figure out, aha, I think 
you know, that's what I could be doing. Maybe I should start providing podcasting services and, and just, you know, the, uh, you know, business sort of, or the idea takes its own course and you figure out things through sharing that content of mm-hmm. what you're meant to do. And you start to carve out your own niche from there. It's through the act of doing it that you actually discover what you should be doing. I've been noticing mm-hmm. that with myself. I'm still fairly, this is still early stages of what the show is going to be, but it's, changed tremendously over the last six months as I've learned things, as I've noticed results, as people have contacted me asking questions. The mm-hmm. whole the whole show and my reason why I'm doing it stays the same, but the actual people I'm reaching out to and the reasons why I'm talking to you, like these are yeah. all things that have been influenced by the experience of doing it. I wouldn't have been able to predict this before starting the show. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You, you learn so much more just by uh, interacting, engaging with people, whether it's, whether it's through you sharing content and people commenting and asking you questions or, or even sometimes just engaging with other people's content. Like, you know, we met up on LinkedIn and people do, you know, a great way to find out what people are actually thinking about, mm-hmm. what, what's wor- worrying them, you know, what are they looking for right now? And again, it starts from content and then engaging with that content. And you find you start to find your answers there. Right. So content repurposing is your bread and butter right now. Tell me a little bit about your process and, and how you came to that uh, to, to figure out what content repurposing looks like at a, at a big scale. Yeah, sure. So basically, it actually started from my own need and uh, the clients I was working for at that time, most of them were coaches and uh, speakers, advisors, right? And everybody was very busy doing their business, growing their business. And every time we spoke about, you know, we, we, all of it, we need to get online. We need to be doing more social media. We need to be active on Facebook. We need to be active on LinkedIn. And everybody was like, yeah, we know we need to do it. We just don't have the time. We just don't. We, we just don't even know where to start. You know, I, I open my LinkedIn on my Facebook page, and then I think about, oh, what am I going to post about? There's a blank screen staring. <laughs> you know, you're staring at a blank screen in front of you, and and you're like, okay, I just don't have a clue what to do. And and obviously, it's because you know we all realize that there's a need for it. Time is one factor. Then the other factor is is that we haven't figured out why do, why do we actually we want to do this? What is the strategy behind this? You know, well, what will we get out of from marketing on social media? Mm. Right. So, uh, which, which means that you first have to figure out if you're already producing content, let's say you're a speaker, advisor, coach, you, you've got a, a lot of content anyway, or you're an author, right? Then it's about figuring out why you want to do this so, so that you can formulate a strategy around your content and then we figure out, okay, so this, this is why you want to do this. Choose a platform where your audience is most active from there. So, of course, they pro- it's not going to be all the um, platforms. But starting off, start with just one or two. Choose w- where they are uh, hanging out the most, be it LinkedIn, Facebook, right? And then, you, and then you decide on the type of content you're going to share. So let's say your uh, audience, main audience is mostly on LinkedIn, Right, so you decide. Okay, find. We're going to formulate a strategy uh, for LinkedIn. What kind of content does my audience want to know about? You know, do they want to uh, ha- uh, see more interviews from cr- uh, credible people? What about my book? Maybe I can share excerpts from my book or the speaking gigs that I did. Right. So once you, once we have figured out the type of content, then it's about knowing that uh, what kind of content up 
people love consuming on on those platforms. So every every platform has its own preferred choices for the audiences. So for example, Instagram is more of a, a visual pictures kind of uh, platform. Uh, LinkedIn uh, even texts work very well. Uh, YouTube, you know, is 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 uh, for videos. Facebook again, videos images do very well. Text not so much. Very visual platform. So you have to figure out, okay, uh, if that platform requires a certain kind of content, then how do we produce it and what do we need to do to produce that con- type of content? And research suggests that actually if you're producing videos in any format, whether it's an audio meme or video meme um, or if it's a GIF, whatever it is that people – to content which is under two minutes gets the most traction on social media platforms. YouTube is slightly different. People watch longer content, but again, even there that they say it's about under 10 minutes type of content gets the most traction. So the point being that your content should follow, ideally follow those guidelines because that's what will get you the most traction, right? Sharing content on social media, it is basically for brand awareness and and letting people know your opinions, your beliefs and your values and what you can help them with, right? And so people have a very short, what do you say, attention uh, span for that. And they usually want the content to be short, sweet and precise on those uh, platforms. Would you suggest going, if you're just starting off, to go towards a platform that you feel most comfortable on. So say, I love, I I prefer to write and I'm not necessarily very comfortable on video. Should I be going on a platform where where writing is rewarded, even if it's not the ideal platform for the customers I'm looking for? No. I mean, if you already know, I mean, let's say these days, majority of people are on Facebook and on LinkedIn and YouTube. They are everywhere. So you may think that, okay, my audience is everywhere. So in, in that sense, it wouldn't, it wouldn't really matter. You could just choose the platform that you're more, most comfortable on and produce that type of content. But if you know, let's say that your audience prefers to watch videos and and you are more of a blogger you, or you prefer writing, then you know that you even though you may not be comfortable doing it it's probably worth starting it it's probably worth doing it it doesn't have to be perfected or anything i most of my videos are recorded on mobile phones still you know or on my on my back why not i mean they're, they're yeah. def, my my phone definitely has a better camera than the slr like big one i bought 5 years yeah. ago there you go so uh, I, I think because if you're going to produce uh, or put so much effort into producing content and you know that your audience is not in that platform, it's, it's you know, it's, uh, it's a bit of a bummer. But again, that's not the end of it. I would say that people who are st- very uncomfortable doing videos, let's say, and you know that you need to do videos, that's when you can use your content if it's in text form and convert it into a visual format so that now... Even so, your face doesn't have to be in there, but at least you have another type of content that another type of audience can consume, and it's like uh, the the message is the same. So mm-hmm. those who prefer the text format, they can read your blog or your book, and those who prefer the video could uh, 
uh, watch pieces of that content in a video format on another platform. So both of the things are possible. Or even uh, I say to, if it's to executives who, who are totally not comfortable doing videos, they're, they're like, okay, now I don't either I don't have the time or I can't be bothered or I don't want to do it, right? So then you find a person, a spokesperson in your team or within your company who can do videos, mm-hmm. who is comfortable with it, right? So you, you know, the same message comes from a different person. That person sort of becomes the spokesperson uh, uh, to do the visual uh, content for the company and somebody else does the 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 text content. So a lot of things are possible uh, if you are not c- comfortable doing one type of content. And you had a great point there talking about the different formats are not necessary. Like they can, you're allowed to have the same message in written picture mm. and video because everyone learns a little differently. They're, and exactly. a big learning that I had is on a given post, you write a, you write some type of post. It might get seen by five hundred people if you're if you're lucky. Like we're talking, if mm. you're if you're if everything goes well, it could be seen by a couple hundred people. But thinking about how big your network is, or if you have a large following, you have a huge following. It's not going to get seen by every single person every single time you post. Things go through the feed without getting capturing your whole audience. So that repetition is actually all right if you repost the same thing, the same idea, but in a different, but in a different form. wording or a video or a picture or an animation or a GIF. Like it, it, it's okay to, it's your content. You're allowed to say it twice the same way any musician, they don't just play the song once and be like, yeah. all right, I'm done. I hope everyone loves this. They replay it and they yeah. make a slight variations the next yeah. time they perform yeah. live. And then the album version is different than their acoustic version. And they just repurpose it as many yeah. times. And they keep on going. Right. The same piece of content. And that's the same. And in so- on social media, it's even more important because we all know that the lifespan of a social media post is very, very short. You know, mm. on Twitter, it's 18 minutes. So whatever you tweet about, it doesn't matter how many people liked it or, you know, retweeted it. In 18 minutes, it will be gone. Yeah, you know? it's old news. Yeah, it's, it's old news. Facebook is five hours, something like that. Instagram, another 18 hours or so. And then LinkedIn, 24 hours. So basically, your that labor of love content that you produce and put so much effort into it, within 24 hours, it's going to be gone for, you know, from this uh, introsphere. So, which means, it doesn't mean, okay, all right, now I got to produce a lot even more content, right? I got to write even a, a, a bigger 10,000 uh, blog post, but you know, I can't keep writing 10,000 word blog posts every single day. So that's not the idea. The, the idea is that you produce a great piece of content, whatever format it may be. If you prefer writing, write it. If you prefer recording, recording. If you prefer doing a podcast, do that. But then use that content to reformat into different ways for d- to be consumed by audience who prefer different ways of absorbing that content and producing a different experience each time on various different platforms. And in this way, from one piece of content, you could probably get 30, 40 different pieces of content that you can spread over time on different social media platforms. So basically I say, squeeze every drop of juice out of your content, you know, don't let it go to waste just, and then move on to the next piece of content. So as an example, let's use, let's, instead of using hypotheticals, let's use a real example. Say you wrote a book and it came out a couple of years ago and you had, it was maybe your first book and you didn't know exactly how to negotiate the terms of the contract. And so now you've got 
whatever, 100,000 words, but it's locked up in a book that's owned by someone else up until a certain date or however you, your thing is, is, is set up. Yeah. How can you then unlock that work that you've done, but technically someone else owns for now and turn that into individual pieces of content that you can then repurpose without breaking that, uh, without legal yeah. thing. And we're not, we don't need to get into like the exact legalities of it, but yeah. if there's a way to, to work around that, let's hear, I'd love to talk about that. I, I, I think usually I don't see it being a problem when it's, it's making sales for the publisher, right? So if you say, if you're in a contract and you know, the publisher gets a certain commission of every book sale, I don't think repurposing is going to, unless there's something specific in the contract, it, it would make, um, uh, they would stop you from doing it because what you're doing by sharing, all you're doing is creating marketable content for that book so that people get, get to know about your book. And then, of course, they go on to whatever links you've provided them uh, to buy that book. And wherever that's set up, I'm sure the, uh, the publishers would have set that up and uh, sales um, commissions of those sales would go to them. So I don't see how it, it would hinder that because unless you are promoting them content and saying, oh, go, go to my private link and buy from there, of course, right. then, you know, that, that would break your contract. But if, as long as you're doing, if you're doing anything, producing any sort of content, which pr would promote the original content that that's published by your um, publisher. I don't see any reason why it, it can't or it won't work. But if you are for some reason in some sort of contract that you, you cannot share any excerpts from your book, then I guess an, another way to do that would be do because you've written it yourself. So you would know what kind of uh, content you're talking about and you could share a variation of snippets from that book and put, put a, do a, a video version of it. Right. So like a, to, let's, let's say, let's take an example. Let's say your book is about how, how to lose five pounds in one week. Mm -hmm. Right. And you've talked about a whole process in the book. Right. And, uh, and so instead of taking the exact wordings from the book, right, you, you may record a video about the first step, the first step, the first thing you need to do to, lo to lose five pounds in one week. Right. Create a short two minute, vi a short two minute video and share it on social media. Again, reformat it in all sort of different formats for different platforms. You can even convert that into text. Um, converted it into uh, an audio. So you, you get different pieces of content from doing that one piece of content. But the point being that from the same book, you could take out a different version of that content without breaking your contract mm -hmm. right? and, and, and share it over social media. But then again, if you're doing that, you have to first know why you're doing it. What's the purpose? What is the reason? What, what is the goal here? Is the goal that you want to sell more books? Right. Then obviously you have to provide a link to that. You have to say, you know, share it and say, well, if you want to know more, you know, check out my book. You have to know the goal. Or if the goal is not to sell the books, let's say maybe um, you just want to build a personal brand and you're not uh, that much worried about the sales of the book. You just want to share some of the content and drive people to, let's say, book a call with you for your coaching. 
right? So mm-hmm. make sure you're very clear about the goal. Why are you producing the content and why do you want to share it? The goal has to be clear. Otherwise, you can, you know, you, you will end up sharing a lot of content and then uh, you'll, you'll think that nothing's happening. You know, nothing's happening. Nobody's, but it's because you haven't defined your goals. What, right. what do you actually want to co- happen once people consume your content, right? What do you, so you have, you have to craft that journey for your prospects. If not, they, they, once they watch it, you know, they'll be gone because they won't know what to do next. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point of having, and you personally too, like it's a long game. This isn't going to happen overnight. This is going to take months, probably years before you see a, a, a significant uh, growth in your audience or your book sales or whatever, because it's not a one-off message. One, me- one, one post is not going to change your life. It's yeah, yeah. a thousand posts over two years that's going to make... about consistency. Yeah. I mean, if you look at all, all the thought leaders, influences in any niche, in any niche, they are constantly producing content. And obviously, they have mastered that art that it, they don't sit all day record content right? They don't do that. They've all got their own businesses to run, their families to look after. They, they have just mastered uh, the system that how they're going to produce it and make the most out of it. That's all they do. But what they do know is that they have to stay consistent. They cannot just produce it for six months and after that, they just disappear from, right, right. from the internet and, and, and hope that it's done the job. What does your system look like? So, okay. So mine is, I do, the, the, my preferred way is that because somebody who's starting out, this is what I would recommend as well, is that you start off with recording short videos because that makes life so much easier. So whatever your niche is, whether it's weight loss or it's business or marketing, right? You, you, you choose your niche, you choose, you find out what are the kind of problems people are facing, what questions are they asking, you know, say on Quora or Amazon, you know, read the reviews, you find out what kind of questions they're asking and you make a list of all those questions or, or problems. Yeah. Make a list. Of, and then first, first you just create topic, create a list of all the topics. Then from those topics, I create headlines because that's very important. Right, because without having the right headline, your content is not going to get much traction. Headline, we know the visuals are very important on social media. So once you've got the list of topics, now create headline for each one of them. So for example, for me, it could be, you know, why do you want to repurpose your content, right? Mm-hmm. Three ways to repurpose your content to expand your reach. That would be the headline, right? Even though the topic is repurposing content, I can you know, I craft 20, 30 different headlines from it, three mistakes people make while repurposing their content, right? So once you've got your topic, you, you, you then uh, refine the headlines from the, uh, out of that topic. And once you've got the headlines, now you decide, okay, I'm sure you would know from before that whether you want to do text, uh, write a blog about it? Do you want to just record a podcast or do you want to do a video? I personally prefer to start off with videos because from there you can repurpose it into all forms easily. So just two minute video, you record a two minute video that will become a two minute bite-sized podcast as well, right? It will become a blog post, you know, probably like a, a thousand words blog post and then you also cr- create 
social media content in form of images, memes, quotes, so much more. 30-second Instagram stories, so much more will come out of that two-minute video. So if you can batch it up, you know, batch it up. Once you've got your topics and your headlines ready, it's easy to batch it, uh, batch rec- uh, record that content. So if you were to choose one day in a week and say, I'm going to dedicate one day a week, four hours on that day, batch record this video because you've got your topics, your headlines ready. So all you have to do is now sit in front of the camera and record. Uh, but if you don't have, uh, if you haven't done the work before, it's going to be very difficult. If you were sitting down recording, it's like, okay, what do I talk about now? Mm-hmm, what's mm-hmm. what's the next topic going to be, right? So that, that will become very, very difficult. So, and also even before that, I, I would suggest figuring out your goal for this content distribution strategy. So you you know your goal. Maybe your goal is to get get more traffic to your website, right? right. Fine, great. Find the the topics for your niche then perfect the headlines and then now set aside a time where you will batch record your content. Mm-hmm. Once it's recorded, now it's whether you do it yourself, you send it to somebody else, that content to get repurposed into various different formats uh, so that you can then schedule that content to go on social media at, at, over the weeks, not all at the same time. Don't, uh, don't share the same content on all the platforms. And this is what I hate seeing it. You know, people do cross cross platform sharing. So they produce one content and they use a softwares, which would just automate sending the same content. Hey, tweet about this as well. Send it to Facebook page as well. It just looks so bad because if somebody is Googling you, right? And or, or they came across your content, let's say on LinkedIn, they then check out, you You ask them to go check out your Facebook group. They check it out and the same piece of content is there as well, right? right. And, and then they check out it too. Same thing, right? Instead of, because these are all touch points. You could share different values, different valuable information in those touch points rather than giving them exact same thing and then they'll be like, I don't think this person's got anything else to say. It's just boring, mm. right? I, I just saw this. I just heard this, right? But imagine if if they go through all those touch points and every single time they ha- have a different experience, a positive experience, right? Got a, a, a valuable information out of it, which was unique to them. Then you you know you know you're already. Uh, they're they're already so much closer to you than they were when they first started that journey with you. Yeah, I love that. That that system's really great. The idea of researching first, going really broad, and then narrowing it into headlines. Yeah, because I think what what a lot of people do, especially if you are uh, really knowledgeable in a certain area, is you think that you need to explain the topic from beginning to end in order yeah. for someone to find value in what you have to say. But what I like what you're saying is you've already gone and found the root problems. Then you've been able to surface to a topic and then you put the headline. And then you only talk two minutes about that specific, like really important thing. And that's it. You don't start addressing the whole problem. You don't start addressing the whole topic. You don't give yeah. them back. You can give them a tiny bit of background, but only if it's relevant to the answer that you're about to, to solve. Yeah. Yeah, because on social media, we, we need to make sure that we are producing very relevant, very precise, 
and short content because we know research proves that the people do not want to consume content more over two minutes long. So make it two minutes or under two minutes, yeah. right? But give them real, real fine value in that, which is very specific to what they came to um, find out, right? So if the headline says three, three ways to increase productivity, make sure you give them three ways in the two minute video and that's it. That's awesome. It. I love that. That's great. Mm-hmm. And and then also the 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 cross-platform stuff. Tell me if this is if this is kind of wrong, but can you then maybe stagger the days so that it's not the exact same content? Like they say they say you're saying you you wrote your post about how to lose five pounds in, in a week. Would you maybe then post that one on Monday on LinkedIn and then on Tuesday on Twitter and then Wednesday on Instagram because then you've kind of got this like waterfa- waterfall so it, everything's offset is that a, I don't know if that's kind of cheating yeah. but that's how that was my immediate yeah. first idea is like yeah. you should be using the same content but spread it out so that each platform has kind of like a unique curation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is what we do when we provide service to clients is or it, when I do it for myself, I have a whole a big spreadsheet for that, which the VA looks after. And there, there are actually tools which, which makes it very visual as well, where you can set up your content management calendar. And that's what it's for, that once you have produced that content, you've got all the assets, you've repurposed that content, content as well. So now let's say you've got 30 pieces of uh, digital assets and now you ha- you want to now schedule them on social media for various platforms. And it should be that that if on LinkedIn you're, you're, you're sharing one, type, uh, one piece of content uh, on Monday, then you can share the same piece of content maybe a week later on Facebook. So I wouldn't even, I mean, it's up to you. People can do it the next day. I actually at least give a, a seven days break sometimes even more between sharing the same piece of content on a different platform. So if you have batch recorded, it makes it so much easier because you already have a lot of content. So Monday to Friday, you let's say on LinkedIn, you're sharing all unique content. And from, let's say something that you shared on Monday on LinkedIn, now you can share on next Monday on Facebook, a one version of it, the Facebook Mm. square video version of it and text version on LinkedIn maybe. Right and and do the same for all the platforms uh, and for all the type of content as well. So, for example, when you recorded that video, it's a two video. You you would all you can also take out quotes out of it and make images from those. So maybe on Monday you shared that video, and on Monday on Facebook you shared a quote from that recording instead of sharing the actual video. Mm-hmm. Right. So this way, it doesn't seem like you are repeating the same content on all the platforms at the same time. But you are going to use the same content right, on all right. the platforms, but in a little clever way. And there's a reason why they're called assets. Like you own them. You can do every one with yeah. them. You don't need to reinvent the wheel every single time you sit down to make something. And uh, the best analogy I've heard so far is that your content becomes Lego blocks. Uh, this is mm. from a guy named David Perel who writes a ton and he's he, he writes about online writing. He says, every single thing you write and publish out, out there is a new Lego block. And it, it doesn't need to make sense at the beginning. Like a Lego set doesn't make sense at the beginning. You've just got tons of blocks. They're all different shapes. They're all different sizes. They're all different colors. But the purpose, but the, the value is, is you've created them. They don't go anywhere. So yes. create as many as you can. And then when it comes time to building a product or selling a yes. service or doing something with those blocks, you now have 
all of them in front of you and you're like, okay, what can I build out of this? And you've yeah. already done 80% of the work. And yeah. so writing a book after publishing a year and a half worth of snippets isn't that hard because you've already written the book. It's just in yeah. 120 character slices. You just need to put together 500 pieces and then all of a sudden you've got a book. Yeah, exactly. I mean, another great way to use the content is I, I say that if once you are very clear on the goal, let's say you're launching a product right? So you know what product you're launching. And let's, let's say that product is about providing some sort of marketing services to find more leads. For example, maybe it's a digital course, right? Mm -hmm. So now, you know, that's the goal. You want to get more, you want more people to know about your new product, which you're about to launch. Okay. So how are you going to do that? Well, uh, you need to share content about about that product first, right? You need, mm -hmm. you need to first warn people about what problem you're solving, right? So then now you know the goal to create content which is in line with that goal. And if it isn't, then you, you're going to be wasting your time pretty much. You can still produce it and it may help you in the long run, but it will be a waste of time if it's not in line with that goal, right? So make sure that you now start producing content which solves a particular problem for uh, people who may end up buying that product from you. So produce that type of content, repurpose it and share it. And, and then the whole idea is that you using all of those digital assets, you drive traffic to the product that you're about to launch. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It, that's kind of the new model right now is, is build yeah. an audience first, build a product later. Mm. Okay, Amber, this has been awesome. There's been so much good stuff here for me, especially like I'm tr still refining it and that that system is really helpful. I got one more question for you and then I'll let you get back to the nice sunny day in London. Yeah, but sure. what is your favorite kind of content that you personally respond to? Like what, what stops your thumb from scrolling when you're on your personal feeds? For me, it's videos. Yeah. Even though initially I was, I, I still am quite reluctant at making videos, but I, I know myself that I just watch videos. I hardly ever read blog content. Yeah. You know, when you go to some blog posts and they, they have a video embedded in that blog post as well, I usually skip all the text, go straight to the video and watch the video because I don't have the patience to read the text. So I'm more of a, a visual person. I prefer videos, watching videos. Even on LinkedIn, when people share videos and they, there's a text above it as well, right? There's a post and then there's a video. I usually don't even read the post. I'll go, <laughs> if, if it has a video, I'll go straight to the video. But then there's some people who, who are not video people at all, you know, and, and that's fine. They're all sort of people. Some people prefer reading. They can read tons and tons. Some people love listening to podcasts. You know, they listen to it every day. That's their medium of of knowledge or learning every day. And some people are video. For me, it's personally, it's videos. That's awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, Amber. This has been super helpful. And your, your company, Repurpose Den, offers this. You, you, would, you can outsource all this work. It's tons of, it's, there's tons going on, but you've got a formula, you've got a system, and uh, you help your clients to really capture the most value from their, their thoughts as possible. Yeah. Basically, it's, it's, if, if you don't have the time to do it yourself, you know, you come to us or anybody like us uh, who, who can do this for you at ease and speed. Not everybody can do it on their own or wants to do it on their own. Mm -hmm. But so you can also, if you have the time, you know, do it yourself. But if not, we at Repurpose and can help you repurpose all of your content. So you don't have to worry about anything. It's distribution ready content for you. You just take it and then spread it all over social media. And you can, you can give uh, Repurpose Den a try for free at 
Repurpose Den. That's R-E-P-U-R-P-O-S-E-D-E-N.com slash test drive us. And there's a hyphen between each word there. Repurposeden.com slash test drive us. Amber, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, Stuart. It's It's been my pleasure. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, you're going to absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button, you'll be added to an email list where I share exclusive content related to this show. This is where I'm going to share my key takeaways from each episode, including my highlights, top of mind takeaways, and next steps that you can do to put this advice to action. I also share some real life breakdowns of marketing campaigns that I'm seeing around and how I'm using it in my work. So head on over to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button to get your first email. Looking forward to seeing you there.